0: Welcome to Gaudible, a daily reading of holy texts known in the unificationist community as Hundoke. Today we are reading from the Chambumokyong. Mogyong, Book 10. Preparing the Ideal Environment Centering on the Providence of the Ocean and Latin America. Section 5. Developing Leadership Ocean-Based Training True Parents identified the ocean as the next base for human habitation that people will have to develop in the future. Accordingly, True Father offered his devotion for this purpose. He held special workshops for the purpose of raising ocean leaders and organized fishing tournaments with the hope that these leaders would contribute to the creation of a world of peace. His purpose in offering people the opportunity of ocean training was to help them cultivate their faith, boost their courage, connect with nature through deep meditation, and acquire the skills needed to develop ocean-related enterprises. True Parents especially invested in women from Japan, the providential nation, and the mother position. These Japanese women were trained to become ocean leaders in preparation for the era of the Pacific civilization. In November 2004, True Father began leading 40-day workshops in the Yosu and Chun areas at Chunghe, Blue Sea, Garden, in order to train ocean leaders. There have been 68 workshops to date. Japanese women living in Korea and Japan and those who have been active as missionaries participated in these workshops. There are truly many things to study in the ocean. We can find more things of mystery hidden in that world than in the world we can see. We live in a time when it is possible to search out almost everything on the land. People can investigate the plants, trees, and animals everywhere, even those on the summit of Mount Everest, the tallest mountain in the Himalayas. However, this is not the case with the ocean. There are places in the ocean deeper than Mount Everest is high. The ocean depths may well hide the most precious things of this world long after everything else has decayed into oblivion. Mount Everest and the entire Himalayas could fit under the sea, in which there are some places more than 11,000 meters deep. The ocean is the womb of life, similar to the amniotic fluid in which a human being lives as it floats in its mother's womb. Life emerged from the ocean, God created the ocean as a storehouse of secrets. The fact that we can now delve into that world is an amazing thing. You need to train yourselves to adapt to the ocean. This is training for the future. After you are trained, you must train and teach others. It does not make sense that people in developing regions go hungry because of food shortages. Wherever there is water, there are fish and other animals. Wherever there is water, humans can grow vegetables and farm crops for food. Don't all the animals sustain their lives based on the food chain, which includes all the animals and fish? As lords of creation, human beings should be able to survive, even creating habitats where there are water, plants, land animals, and fish yet some people lack education about the best methods for utilizing their resources to sustain livelihoods under challenging conditions. This is why some even face starvation. You unificationists must fulfill your responsibility to lead them and care for these people. You should go to the developing nations and become instructors and teachers at kindergartens, elementary schools, middle schools, high schools, and universities. You should improve standards by teaching them the most modern agricultural methods. This is how you can save people who would otherwise starve to death. They first need to know how to fish effectively. This is why I sent four boats each to 160 nations. You are thinking, what's the use of doing that? Because your hearts and minds are not enlightened. But I am telling you, we must do it. When I fish, I enter the deepest state of meditation in my life of faith. When I go out on the river in the early morning and fish under the stars, it is hard to see whether the fish are biting because it is still so dark. But by sensitively holding the fishing line or the fishing rod, I can tell when a fish takes the bait. I learned how to distinguish whether a fish actually takes the bait or simply nibbles it. This is why I am able to catch fish even in the dark. I can rely on my sense of touch to feel when a fish is nibbling on the bait. This is why I can fish freely at night without any light around me. When I fish, even in a heavy downpour, some people think I am a bit crazy, but they do not know what a great feeling I experience fishing like that. Sitting there, covering myself with a small raincoat to stay dry, My mind is focused only on fishing, and I cannot stop thinking about it. Even when I eat, my mind is on fishing. You need this kind of mindset in your life of faith. During the summer in Alaska, there is no night. Here, the sun sets, and it becomes dark. But in Alaska, even after 7 or 8 p.m., or much later, you can still see everything. That is why I could fish as much as I wanted. In Alaskan summers, you do not have to sleep. Since I continue living this kind of life, some people may think I go out to the ocean because I like it. Sometimes I feel, what is there to like about the ocean? Yet still, I go, and everyone should be like me. I may not go out to sea now as much as I used to, but before I die, I must pass this spirit on to others. If I die without passing it on, everything will come to a halt. If I pass it on to someone, will he or she continue it? I am doing this for the will. I am busy because I know I do not have a lot of time left to do this. I have to bring people here and train them. I have to educate them. Should I have just the men participate and let the women take a pass? All the women should do this as well. During the World Leadership Workshop I led in Kodiak in 1992, Participants woke up at 5 a.m. and did not go to sleep before midnight. I took them out during the day and trained them until nighttime. My training was to take them out to the ocean. The ocean represents the fallen world, and fish symbolize human beings. I trained them in rain and snow. When I asked the staff to find out the weather forecast for the day, they wrote down the wind speed but not whether it would rain. When I asked them why they did not note the rain, they replied that there was no point because over the years, no matter how many times they wrote that rain was in the forecast, it never once affected what we did. I made a tradition of fishing regardless of the rain. My thinking was, if it's going to rain, bring it on. Rain is not a problem when in a boat on the water, but heavy winds can be. Yet to me, even the wind is the same. Whenever a storm is forecast, the big boats do not go out, but our small boats still do. I say, let's go out. After doing this for about a week, people get addicted to catching fish. Once they taste the feeling of it, they cannot bear not doing it. This is how appealing it is. I took people on boats out to the vast Pacific Ocean and trained them by having them do long-line fishing. Sometimes we went so far out that it took from morning until noontime going at full speed to arrive at our fishing spot. This is how I trained them and prepared them for leadership. We caught sharks, swordfish, Japanese-Spanish mackerel, tuna, and many other kinds. We caught everything there was to catch. What did we use for bait? I studied particular types of bait. With the right bait, you can catch fish anywhere in the ocean. The waters off Cape Town, South Africa, have the strongest waves in the world. I am also sending people and boats there in order to train them. I am thinking of recording all these experiences and knowledge we have gained. These records will be an asset to bequeath to future generations down through history, a textbook of the tradition for our ocean enterprises. The era of the Pacific civilization has arrived. This realm must bind together Hawaii, Australia, Indonesia, the Philippines, Taiwan, and even Japan. During World War II, many Japanese soldiers died on islands in the South Pacific. Among those who survived, there were many who took wives and had children there. Should the nation of Japan simply abandon those people? Or should it reach out to them and save them? Since Japan is not doing it, someone from the Unification Church should go there and help them. Should I send Japanese unificationists or unificationists from other nations? It should be Japanese unificationists. Understanding this, I mobilized Japanese members and directed them to educate and help those people as a mother would. I selected bright women from Japan and trained them at sea. How great it will be to see these Japanese women become brave warriors of the sea who work to save their nations, sons, and daughters. It is God's love to have Japanese people save their own descendants. God desires that we love our enemies. I mobilized Japanese women to teach them to do just that. I mobilized them and told them to find a way to live independently to make their own living by becoming school teachers and experts at catching fish from boats. I am mobilizing young Japanese women to Hawaii to begin a movement to create an alliance among the 62 island nations of the world. I am building boats and training them to use them. These Japanese women should go through this boat training and be fully ready to go to the island nations and minister to the president and parliament members there. Representing mother, these women have the responsibility to educate the president and high-ranking people in their mission nations. This is why I am mobilizing many Japanese women to be sent. Koreans are adventurous by nature. This is why they are at the cutting edge of the world, pioneering ocean enterprises in places like Cape Town at the southern tip of Africa. I am their representative. I brought you Japanese women to Yosu and Sunshine for a serious training program because I want you to love the nations of the oceanic realm. Why have I called Japanese women to take part in this training? It is because it is the fastest way to liberate the Eve nation. You should never forget this. This is why I have taken steps to call Japanese women members who had gone to America or to world missions to come to Yosu for this training. This is not just for Japanese women who came to Korea for their blessing. All sisters who have been active in the Unification Church in Japan must come to the seas of Yosu and Suncheon and learn how to love the waters, fields, and mountains of Korea. You need to love this land more than the Koreans do. By offering such devotion, you can connect the future realm of liberation of the Japanese people to Korea. By linking this realm to Korea, you will transform the world of night into the world of day. I also have this mission. This is why I had to love Japan throughout my entire life. Just as the sun shines on the earth, the nation of Japan must shine its light not only on the world of day, but also on the world of night. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Godable. Godable is brought to you by the National Victory Fund and support from listeners like you. To donate, visit Godable.org. Thank you.